Ghost stories are always scarier when they're told by the very people who experienced them. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And we're the hosts of the Homespun Haints podcast. We talk to people just like you who've come face to face with ghosts, demons, haints, and other strange paranormal phenomena. All of it makes for a chilling good time. So grab yourself a sweet tea, turn off the lights, and listen to some eerie, true ghost stories on Homespun Haints. I'm not scared. Are you? Once upon a time, there was a podcast. Some might say it was the coolest podcast of all time. They called it the Writer's Block. Once upon a time, there was a podcast. Some might say it was the coolest podcast of all time. Flip the coin. What do you want? Tails. Heads. All right. Take it away. In a shopping mall, midday, a woman is pushing a shopping cart down the aisle, looking at clothes, looking at baby clothes. She's pregnant. Eight and a half months. She's showing. She's got a watermelon under her shirt, and she's uncomfortable. She feels like somebody is watching her. But she doesn't know why. She looks up at all the security cameras. But she doesn't think that's it. I wonder who could be watching me and why. She pushes her shopping cart a little further and it has that rattly wheel that clatters as it as she pushes it. She finds a onesie for a newborn and she tosses it in the cart. Oh, that's adorable. It's got a little airplane on it. Jimmy Eagle. Jimmy Eagle pajamas. She looks over her shoulder and she pushes the cart down a little further. And she looks over her shoulder again there's nobody there and she decides i have to go to the bathroom so she pushes her cart in the direction of the changing rooms and the bathrooms they're side by side she's pushing it and pushing it and she looks over her shoulder and she thinks she sees something move in the corner of her eye but she doesn't know what it is so she keeps hesitantly pushing and then she notices that there's a man walking behind her she tries to pay him no mind it's just another shopper right she pushes her cart right outside of the bathroom she walks into the ladies room and the man walks in behind her, and he slits her throat, and she falls to the ground, and she dies. In comes the phone call to the police department. Officer Jade, you have a murder, a homicide that you have to attend to at Jamal's shopping plaza. Officer Jade, who was sitting at the police station drinking coffee and shooting the shit with some of the guys, says, what? I have a homicide? Okay, all right. He gets up, and he puts on his jacket and he goes out into the cold and he goes to the shopping center and the manager of the store is there and they go talking back and forth. Do you have any footage? Well, uh, officer, the strangest thing happened. The footage was cut immediately, like 25 seconds before the murder happened. Okay, all right, well, we'll take a look at what we got, but first I'm going to go check out the crime scene. Officer Jade walks into the woman's room, and he sees the body lying there, and he sees this pregnant woman, and he notices something. The baby's not dead. It's kicking. Oh, shit, he says. He gets on his mic, and he says, I need a paramedic in here now. We're delivering a baby. An ambulance pulls up outside of the shopping plaza immediately, and paramedics rush in, and they perform a cesarean section. And they pull a baby out of this deceased woman, and it's still alive. And they cut the cord. The next month or so, in the nearby hospital, the baby was being watched and monitored almost 24-7. Her main nurse, Nurse Jackie, was very attentive. And yes, it was a girl. The baby had no name, 
because nobody felt it would be right to name another woman's baby. So for the moment, the baby was called Jane Doe. And Officer Jade thought this was stupid, frankly. He, he hated how generic the name was. He, he hated everything about the situation. It had been two and a half months now, and they still could not figure out what the motive was for slitting this young lady's throat and even who the father of the baby was. The woman who had died at the mall had a very mysterious background. They could only get so far back in her family tree, which she had submitted to with a DNA test, uh, money which had been given to her by a friend, like a Christmas present, like for a DNA test. And secretly, Officer Jade snickered to himself because he knew that these were just scams to get people's information for uh, hiking up insurance premiums and whatnot. And he didn't even, he couldn't even pronounce the name of the company who was doing this particular DNA test. He sipped his coffee, which, by the way, was blueberry coffee, two creamers, one sugar. And he was on his second cup because everybody knew that he, he drank two cups back to back in the morning. And he was going through the papers, trying to connect the dots. Officer Jade was sitting at his desk at the police station, staring at the file, thinking deeply about baby Jane and about the mother. And he was flexing his shoulder. He had an injury from when he played baseball. He had destroyed his rotator cuff. And now he took pills for it and sometimes he abused the pills well i don't know what happened here i think i'm gonna go down to the hospital and i'm gonna see that baby and i'm gonna see if anything came of that information so jade gets up and he walks past bull which is a fellow cop of his he slaps him on the shoulder hey bull how you doing it was a nickname from college because he was big as a bull and he could be mean too when he got to drinking well uh i've been on a case downtown bunch of heroin junkies broke into a an apartment building and terrorized the whole thing real scene all right well keep me up to date on that he says as he walks past bull and out into his cruiser he drives to the local hospital and he finds the maternity ward where they're keeping baby jane and he's standing over the crib I don't, it sounds like a rock song it's like, baby jane he's he's standing over the crib looking down at baby Jane and wondering where everything had gone wrong. Um, officer? Officer? He said, cracking a beer. He always secretly drank on the job. A, a nurse tapped him on the shoulder, and he turned around, stuffing the beer into his shirt. What? What do you need? Well, Nurse Jackie? Nurse Jackie okay. said, There's been a, a, a mix-up here, I think, because we tested the DNA again updated our servers and the baby's dna came back as a match to yours what he said <laughs> that can't be possible well i think we i think we might have made a mistake in the lab we'll run it again but it seems pretty plausible that this baby could be yours that's not possible i haven't had a woman in my life in two years and nurse jackie storms off and she goes to the lab immediately and begins running the test again and now, all these thoughts are running through Officer Jade's head. What could it be? What could have happened? How could that be possible? And he's rocking himself, thinking deeply. Maybe he had a baby, but it didn't seem plausible. It had been a long time since he'd been with a woman. And he's popping pills. And he's drinking coffee. And he's drinking beer. And his mind is a mess. He pulls the beer out. Good old ice-cold lankies in a can takes a quick sip and puts it back in his jacket. Officer Jade stood at the crib again, staring down at this baby, whom he'd been there for the cesarean, and he'd been there for pretty much all of its life already. And he was thinking, what's going to happen to this baby? I can't just let it go. If it's mine, I keep it. If it's not mine, 
I keep it. I'm taking this baby. When it's clear to leave this hospital, I'm going to adopt it. Nurse Jackie walks back in and she says, Well, we ran the tests again. It is a 97% match to you. This is your baby. And disturbed, but yet satisfied, Officer Jade smiles and he says, Okay, well, I'll be taking my baby. <laughs> When it's, when it's time to go. Nurse Jackie couldn't bear children. She worked in the maternity ward for a reason. Because she loved babies and infants and children. And she always felt that she belonged with children. And always felt that she should have been a mother. But her body wouldn't bear children. Nurse Jackie had a jealous streak. A streak that she couldn't satisfy just working in the maternity ward. She was never happy. She never felt like a mother. Not to the children that always disappeared. Always went back to their mo mother and father and always left the maternity ward after a short period of time. She grew attached to baby Jane. She loved baby Jane. When nobody was watching, she would take her in her arms and she would rock her back and forth and sing songs to her and tell her stories about a time in a magical land where nothing could hurt her and the princess was never a damsel in distress but always the hero of the story and the dragon was always slain. At that moment, when she realized that Officer Jade was going to take the baby with her, Nurse Jackie had a change of heart. The baby wasn't leaving with the cop. The baby was leaving with her. And her plan was to take the baby that night, because Officer Jade was scheduled to come in and take the baby the next morning. The bastard. She could see the beer that he was trying to hide in his jacket. She knew the signs of a, of a drug addict. He was a, a functioning addict. And there was no doubt that he was a reputable detective around town and was capable of, of doing his job but she was aware of small details in everybody around her and even of herself which is part of the reason that she was so self-conscious and critical of her of herself like down to her reflection anyway she was scheduled to, to take the baby that night before officer jake could get her hands get his hands on the baby and her plan loose as it was was to take her blue thunderbird and take the baby and hide it comfortably in the back seat and take off for California because she was also tired of living in the Midwest. But at around 6 p.m., when most of the other doctors were dialing in, kind of winding down, people were getting ready for the night shift, a man with a black beanie came through the automatic doors in the reception area of the hospital. He was wearing, he was wearing a suit, very fancy, and it was blue, and the tie was only uh, an off color a lighter blue with polka dots on it yellow polka dots and he had an abnormally pointy nose and gray eyes and he walked up to the lady at the desk jess a young intern who was also very insecure but only because it was her third day on the job and she was so new that she was when she didn't understand something or felt overwhelmed by a patient maybe partly due to her anxiety, she would allow things to happen and people to go in when they shouldn't have gone in. So it just so happened that the, when this strange man walked in with his polka dotted tie and his pointy nose, she was being tasked with signing in two other people, one with a, an older man with a, a nosebleed who claimed he was diabetic and another older lady who had a, a pinky finger that seemed to be dangling from her hand. She had jammed it in a car door or something. So she was trying to attend to those people. And at this point, the man was practically yelling at her and she was getting anxious. And the polka dotted man who came in was so calm and polite. May I see the Jane Doe, please? He said very politely, looking very sincere. And she barely glanced up at him and said, yeah, yeah, sir. Uh, just go right in. It's up on floor two. Um, 
door 3B. If I'm wrong, ask the desk on that floor. Nurse Jackie should be able to help you. He smiled and nodded his head and flicked his tie a little bit. He had a, a habit of pushing his tie out because he was always kind of like fiddling with it. as a ner- Not as a nervous habit. It was just something he did. And he did that when she said that. And he, he walked off to the nearest elevator. And he went up to the second floor. And he had no intention of asking Nurse Jackie where the baby was because he knew where the baby was. And he just wanted to get through the reception desk. And he walked down the hall with his black polished shoes clicking on the white floor. And he saw nurses and doctors walking around looking very tired for it had been a long day apparently it always looked like that in hospitals like this and there was a faint smell of vomit in the background and he looked left and he looked right and he casually walks into the room walks up to baby jane doe who is sleeping soft and soundly in her crib picks her up smiles a little pats her barely their hair on her head and says you're a very special child and takes her out of the hospital into the night early the next morning the phone rings detective jade picks it up It's Nurse Jackie. The baby's missing. What? He shouts into the phone, and he spills his coffee over his papers. Yeah, he spills his coffee, and he's screaming indistinguishably at Nurse Jackie, and she has to pull the phone away from her ear because he's just yelling. Everybody in the office was looking at him. And everybody in the nurse's office was looking at her. (laughs) All right, all right, that's enough. You made your point. Yes, we failed somehow. The baby got out of here. We're looking into it. We have our management looking at all the fo- all the footage. We're trying to figure out what happened. Well, you better get on it and get on it now. That baby is special. Yes, we understand. This very well could be your daughter. We know. And Detective Jade says, I'll be right there. He slams it down. Bull, you're coming with me. Bull, who had been his partner before, but they had decided to go on their own for a while. A large man of six foot one, weighing in at almost 300 pounds, had played football in college, and had been really good until he tore his ACL and screwed up his career, and decided he wanted to be a cop because his dad had been a cop. He says, yeah, that's great. I'll come with you. And Bull storms in behind Detective Jade, and the two of them climb into the cruiser, which the cruiser slants when Bull sits down, (laughs) and they drive to the hospital. And Nurse Jackie is very intimidated when Bull, who stands five or six inches taller than Detective Jade, and seven or eight inches taller than her, is standing in her face. And she's shaking, and she's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I wasn't here the whole night. I don't know. Nurse Jackie had taken a little break right around the time the baby had disappeared. The cameras showed her leaving. Didn't show her coming back until half an hour later, when the man with the polka-dotted tie was gone. It seemed to line up almost perfectly. It seemed rather suspicious if you looked into it deep enough. She backed away and almost cried in Bull's face when interrogated. All right, we've got to figure this out. And Detective Jade printed off a picture of the man from the security footage. And he stared at it and said, There's something about this guy, something I can't quite put my finger on, but he looks vaguely familiar. Like maybe I passed him somewhere. Maybe I know him. I I can't. And he pressed his mind and he thought about it. And when nobody was looking, Jade popped another pill and slipped silently into his comfort zone. Took another swig from the beer can he had hidden away in his jacket, very obviously. Bull, does this guy look familiar to you? Yeah, boss. I I feel like I know him too, but something about him, I just don't get it. The two stared at the picture for a long period of time, and Jade rubbed his temples because he was trying to avoid a headache, or maybe a hangover, or maybe both. 
All right, well, we're going to go back to the office, and uh, we're going to figure all this out. He points sternly at Nurse Jackie. Don't go anywhere. And the two of them leave. And while they're away, they're talking over fast food. They've got a pile of cheeseburgers because Bull could eat like, well, a bull. And he ate nine cheeseburgers in one sitting. Well, boss, I, I know this. I know this face from somewhere. I just, you got to give me time. I, I'll figure it out. I promise. And the two of them sat in the office thinking deeply about this picture and how vaguely familiar this guy looked to both of them. And it was only then that... After the waitress had brought over a fourth cup of blueberry coffee, which Bull noted was very unusual for Officer Jade and thought that he must be abnormally perturbed at this point. <laughs> they were at the office. Oh. You <laughs> had a waitress come in. Okay. Play it. <laughs> Mail order waitress. <laughs> I know what it is, boss. What is it? Look at the eyes, boss. And he pulled the picture close to him and he said, yeah? Bull pointed his massive hand at a mirror across the way. And Jade got up and walked closer to the mirror and he said, oh my god. The man in the picture had the same eyes. Detective Jade realized something. It made perfect sense that the DNA test matched so closely. And it made sense that the man looked so much alike him. Detective Jade had a twin. He glanced away from the mirror and scanned the office. All the regular detectives doing their paperwork and clicking away at their keys. And he looked back at Bull, one of his old partners and just generally best friend. And he suddenly felt a need to keep everything secret. He had to get this case away from the office. He suddenly felt like he had to tackle this case outside of his profession. He had to absolve himself of it. Because he knew that something deeper was going on here. He thought about his twin brother, who he hadn't seen in over 20 years. The man, practically a boy, the last time he saw him, with his pointy nose and his weird love of polka-dotted ties. And him, he had had a fight. And his brother, at that point, had called him out on his growing addiction to pills and alcohol and basically anything he could get, could get a hold of. You're going to ruin your career! His brother had said, you're just jealous that I'm getting anywhere in my life and you haven't gotten anywhere. Detective Jade pops another pill and he stares at the picture that he has of his brother. Frank, where are you going, Frank? He asks himself, staring at the picture. Where are you going and why are you involved in all this? And to move forward, Detective Jade takes a step back and he thinks about the mother who was murdered. Had his, his brother gotten himself into some kind of a mess in which... Murder seemed like a feasible option. A murder of his girlfriend or wife or whatever. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on here. And then Detective Jade realizes that their grandfather owned a cabin in Maine. And often, Frank would go up there to go hunting. It wasn't uncommon for Frank to go catch buck and also fish. He fished a lot. He loved bass and trout and he spent a lot of time in that cabin in Maine. And he realized that was a very good place where Frank could be. So Detective Jade asked his boss for a handful of time off. Uh, I need like a week. Give me a week, he says to his boss. He was allowed the time off. Bull offered to fill in some hours for him. So Detective Jade takes off. He leaves behind his cruiser, leaves behind his badge, and he goes across the country, taking little time to rest and eating fast food all along the way. He pulled into through the turnpike and he drove up Route 95, and he pulled into the small town of Harrington on the coast, 
and he waved to some a group of elderly people that he knew. He couldn't remember from where, but he recognizes their faces, and they recognized him. Who knows, he thought to himself, throwing another pill to the back of his throat. He drove for about another hour and a half into the mountain areas. And then after a big slope where he, he came over the hill, he pulled over to a side dirt road on the left. And he slowed down and drove about 10 miles an hour down a really bad road where there were no houses, just pine trees and the occasional squirrel running across the road. And then there it was, right on the edge of Norwich Lake, the cabin. The cabin that him and Frank had grown up with, with their abusive father and their neglectful mother. There was a car parked outside of the cabin, and Detective Jade looked at the car carefully, didn't recognize it, pulled up behind it. This was a move that he'd learned in the academy. He pinned the car in, so whoever would have to leave would have to either ram his car or run on foot. And he got out of the car, and there were lights on inside the cabin. I got you now, Frank, he whispered as he walked up to the door, and he pulled open the door and there he was frank was standing there holding the baby rocking it back and forth what are you doing frank he asked his brother standing across the cabin this is my baby and i should have it it he says don't you mean her your baby's a girl yeah so what is it to you where have you been all these years why was your wife murdered what happened that's none of your business he said staring back at his brother hand on his hip Detective Jade knew that there was a pistol in his jeans. There was always a pistol. That's none of your business, Frank said, staring down at his brother. It was uncanny how much they looked alike. He noticed Frank nervously twitching with his polka-dotted tie the way he always did. What was it with the man and his damn ties? You don't deserve to be a father. You're a real scumbag, Detective Jade said. And Jade put his hand on his gun, his service revolver, and he said, Hand her over, Frank. I can't. What do you mean you can't? She's my baby, and she's special. I know she's special. That's why I want her. She's got it. Whatever it was that Grandma had, she's got it. And he raises his pistol, and he points it at his brother. I never thought it would come to this, Frank. And he pulls the trigger. In midair, the bullet stops. It falls to the ground. How dare you mention Grandma? Frank smiled in his old maniacal way. He held the baby closer, and he backflipped out the back window. <laughs> what? And landed in the grass. And he jumped backwards through the window, smashing it, and landed on his back, protecting the baby from the glass. And then he picked himself up, slipping a little bit in the mud, for it was spring, and the rains had rendered the forest floor muddy and slippery. He ran around the house, the cabin, to his car, and saw that his brother had cleverly already boxed him in. Damn it! Should have thought of that. He looked down at the baby, who seemed to be just waking up now. If you only knew how special you were, he said, flicking his tie with his left hand. He looked around him and heard a loon somewhere in the distance. That's not a loon sound. That's a terrible loon. <laughs> it was a Clarence loon. And then he saw that Officer Jade had left his keys in the car, in his own car. It's a fucking fool, he thought. Sorry, earmuffs, he said to the girl. And then he ran, and he jumped in the car, and he turned the car on, but it was out of gas. So he hopped out, and he just, he booked it into the woods, away from the lake. The crunching of the leaves beneath his feet, and he thought to himself, if only he knew how special this baby was. This is important. A shot rang out from behind him, and he fell onto his knees, a pain in his spine. And he reached back under his shirt, and he felt, and he 
pulled his hand back out and he saw blood smeared on his hand. And he fell to his left on the floor, careful to protect little baby Jane Doe, who still didn't have a real name. And then above him, a figure appeared, walking over him, the sound of leaves crunching under his feet. It was a big man, a 300-pound man. It was Bull. What you got there? Hand her over, Frank, he said. Frank wouldn't. He clutched onto that baby until he bled to death. And when he passed on, his arms went limp, releasing the baby. And Bull picked up softly onto the forest floor. And Bull picked up the baby and brought him back, brought her back to Detective Chade. Bull said, we did it. We won. This has been the writer's block. Cool kids, remember to subscribe and tune in next week for the next episode of the writer's block. The coolest podcast of all time. Time. Time.